0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 37 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm Mandy Corrigan and uh, with me to serve up those ace opinions <laughs> that obviously have no fault uh, are Ginny Wu. Wow. <laughs> and the booing you can hear is from Andrew Brown. How are you guys going? Are you enjoying your week?
1: Yeah, can't complain. I'm not as busy as usual so I'm enjoying having time off to actually play and get mia. kicked in Mario Tennis Aces. So.
2: <laughs> normally I say I can complain but I won't but this time I will because I've just been assaulted by puns and I, I'm just offended <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway so uh, let's move on and we'll
0: start with updates from the previous episode so kicking things off with uh, Fortnite both me and Andrew have been playing it pretty extensively I I've stopped playing at the moment because uh, I've emailed Epic to try and get any trace of an account deleted from their system so I can re-register with the email address I want to use. Uh, so I don't want to use it or play it just in case that that happens. So, uh, But I did get my first uh, Victory Real Yay. Uh, just after the last episode, which was really cool. We were in the small circle of death and I was under shelter <laughs> in this building, and then the guy was trying to build above me into the safe zone. I managed to shoot out the floor from underneath him and and got him from there because he couldn't switch back from his blueprints quick enough. That was kind of fun. Uh, But yeah, I really want to get back to it, but I'm just holding off in case they sort this account situation out for me. Andrew, I believe you've plumped for the battle pass?
2: Yeah, much to my surprise. I said last week that I liked it, but I was disappointed with the end game how it's just focused so much on turtling and building things uh, that i said i probably wasn't going to come back to it and well i was at the laundromat and i thought what the heck i'll i'll try to play fortnite on the wi-fi here just to see if i could so i i actually hijacked the neighboring coffee shops wi-fi and played fortnite on it for a little mm-hmm. while and i had a pretty good time with it a few days later, I was looking at the Battle Pass, and I was like, eh, I'm I'm interested in these progression systems. I would like to experience these. So I paid the 10 bucks for the Battle Pass, which opens up a system of unlocks you can do over the course of 10 weeks, which is how long a Fortnite season lasts. So there will be five seasons total every year. And we're almost coming to the end of Season 4 now. And I'm actually really impressed with how much having access to the Battle Pass adds to the game. On the free account, you can level up your season level and you can earn some progression points towards the unlocks. But what you unlock isn't terribly interesting, and you will very quickly complete all of the challenges that they give you. I think the hardest one is to play 50 games, which takes a while but isn't hard to do. Mm -hmm. But when you pay for the battle pass once a week... Every week, you unlock a set of new challenges you can do that range from, like, killing a certain number of enemies in a specific zone, or opening a certain number of chests in a specific zone, or, which I found far more interesting, which is what I spend most of the time engaging with, was actually unlocking some things that are completely invisible to free players, but once you have the battle pass, you can find, like, a map hidden inside a house in the greasy grove area, And that map will guide you to a specific location somewhere else out on the Fortnite island. And you will find a collectible there to pick up that will give you a nice boost in your season level and in your progression towards the unlocks. You know, I've talked about this a lot in the past. It's one of the reasons I don't like most fighting games is because it's just fighting and I get really bored with it. But if you give me a system of unlocks to work towards, I will be very happy with it for a very long time. And that's exactly what the Fortnite Battle Pass is ads it it took the the emphasis for me from trying to survive to number one every game to trying to work towards these unlocks and trying to complete these challenges so even if I played a game and I only placed in like the top 25 if I worked a little bit more towards my one of my challenges I still felt like I was accomplishing something so I was very happy with it and the battle pass is 10 bucks for 10 weeks that's a dollar a week I've railed at length about microtransactions and digital (laughs) games and games as service on past episodes, but, you know, $10, $1 a week is no big deal. And, in fact, one of the things you can unlock through the Battle Pass is more V-Bucks, which is the in-game currency. And if you put enough time into Fortnite... Every season, you don't actually have to pay anything past the initial $10 to get access to the Battle Pass. You just have to make sure that you're earning those V-Bucks and putting the money towards, instead of microtransactions, towards paying towards the Battle Pass in the next month That's or in the next season. It's totally possible for you to do that. I am, to my utter amazement, completely engrossed in Fortnite now, in spite of my misgivings wow. with the endgame, which actually, I, I, I spoke about this on Twitter for a little while uh, last week, how bored I was with the end game, and I hope they change it. Epic Games, the developers of Fortnite, have come out and put out a blog post and said, yeah, we're not happy with the state of the end game either. It's just everybody just building stuff and going at each other with rockets and shotguns. We want to change it. They haven't said how they're going to change it, but I'm happy that they are aware of what I perceive to be a problem, and they seem to agree with me. I, I hope that they come up with some interesting solutions for it.
0: Uh, I saw some comments today, apparently they might nerf the building side of yeah. it, which oh. would be cool. I think that would improve it a lot. I'm with you though, like, I I, I am uh, utterly in love with the game, I think. Um, and I, I'm i not even that fussed about a progression system. Like, I'm I'm one of those who will happily sit and just play through a fighting game constantly without the need to have, you know, like, the reward. I think it's a really solid game in how it brings the... Every, all types of player together so like it's catering for you okay you've paid a bit of money to to sort of get that motivation to keep going back to it uh whereas i like the thrill of trying to survive to being the last last one and yeah the free-to-play model is i think this is the perfect
2: example of how to do that yeah this is the least obnoxious free-to-play game i've played since heroes of the storm
0: yeah and and like back to the uh pub comparisons i really like how quick and snappy this game is is compared to PUBG. Like, I play one or two matches of PUBG and I just feel, like, spent <laughs> from tension. Mm. Where I, every time I finish a Fortnite game, I've always felt like, maybe I'll just have one more. I assume you've not been playing it, Ginny? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, as I already mentioned last time, um, Fortnite, I've played it already on other platforms, um, and Battle Royale is not my jam, so... I haven't picked it up again, but I'm just glad that it's translated so well to this console, you know? And obviously, if it's, you know, if it's somehow working its magic on Andrew, um, who, like me, really originally wanted the Horde defend against the zombie Horde mode.
2: I still want that.
1: Okay, well, the fact that you've now found a middle ground where you're, you're happy with the, the, the shooting stuff and the, the Battle Royale stuff, and you've got other milestones to work, to work towards apart from just killing people, I guess, on a field... Then yeah, no. It looks like Epic is actively listening to consumer and community feedback, which I think is very important, and also probably why it's I think edging PUBG out at the moment in terms of how consumers feel about it. So yeah, I'm pleased. I'm glad it's on the switch.
0: Yeah, I just wish they'd let me give them some money, yeah, but they're making I know. it very difficult.
1: It sucks.
0: Yeah, because I've enjoyed it that much. I'd like to give them some money to say thank you, but it's mm. just they're just not making it happen. So shame. It's been a, probably about half a week since I put in the request to have my accounts deleted, which I, I believe goes against the terms and conditions changes yeah, everyone had to so, force yeah. out of last week. But I imagine they've just got so many of these requests they that it's impossible mm-hmm. for them to get through. Um, talking of shooters, actually, I haven't got this on the show notes, but I thought I'd mention it. Based on uh, Andrew's excitement for the Octopath DLC for Splatoon two. I went back to Splatoon Two and started chipping away at oh. the single player. How mode are you finding that, the it? Stock one. Uh enjoying it. I I didn't realise there were um like boss fights and, yeah, and things yeah, to towa- work yeah. towards yeah. in that. I just thought it was like a series of really like you know, soft challenges that right, weren't right, representative yeah. of the of the main game. Andy, this game is a
2: year old. Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bought it to play multiplayer though, so yeah, I, that's I, fair. I had no no idea that the, the single player mode was <laughs> you know, that in depth so mm. uh i beat the toast guy uh i beat the next boss which was the uh the sumo? splatter roller yeah, yeah no the guy in the unicycle oh, yep. right, right, right,
2: right. samurai octo samurai
1: yeah
0: that's it uh and i reckon i'm gonna sort of chip away maybe one world a week mm. and just finish it that way but mm. yeah i'm enjoying it it was it was good to get back to splatoon um, I didn't take part in it but uh, it just happened that I logged back in on the uh, Orange Juice Splatfest Yes yeah. uh, I kind of wish I'd done a couple of matches but Didn't get to it
1: Oh good
0: uh, And next up we've got the uh, Octopath Traveler demo Which Ginny you've been delving into
1: Yep so I know that the you two want to wait for launch Which is fine a lot of my mates also want to wait for launch to play it But I am super impatient and I liked what I saw from the first demo, so the minute the demo was available, I just dove right into it and tried my hand at the other classes that were in the original demo. So if you missed out on the first demo, which had the Dancer and the Mercenary in it, don't worry, because this demo has gives you access to all eight classes of the RPG. So you get Cleric, you get Ranger, you get Thief, you get Alchemist, um, alongside the Mercenary and the Dancer, and I think there's another one whose name is now escaping me. The Merchant. Oh yeah, The Merchant, yeah. So you get your traditional kind of RPG classes like Ranger and Cleric slash Healer and Mercenary slash you know, DPS Thief. And then you get your non-traditional RPG classes like I guess Dancer, you were considered non-traditional. You've got The Merchant and that mechanic that they've got there. You've got The Alchemist as well. In terms of what I find most engrossing or most interesting about the demo is actually the non-traditional classes the traditional rpg classes have very in my opinion very kind of cliche easy starts to the story um i know the dancer one was particularly harrowing
0: yeah. so i
1: can understand if some people were incredibly put off by that luckily the non-traditional classes that you can try now like alchemist immersion and stuff it not nearly as terrible as primrose's origin story and I think you can sort of, if you play through the demo, I know a lot of people want to wait because the reasoning is, you know, I'm going to have to play through all of it again anyway. Well, some people were thinking that originally, but the save progress carries over. In case there was any doubt about that, there shouldn't be, but the save progress carries over if you play the demo to the to the main story. But it'll just be your save progress for one character. So you get like a three-hour save file. You get like one save file per profile if you've got it on You've got multiple Switch profiles, but, you know, you get one save file for the demo. And basically, if you every time you save, you have to override it, I guess, if you pick a new character.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can only really level up one character and you only get three hours and they count the time based on your save file time for that particular character. Um, if you're someone that wants to min-max and you already know what class you want to play, this is probably a smart thing to do is to get the demo because you can put a full three hours into Primrose or into Tressa or into Oberon or any one of the that you actually like and put a full three hours into that and get a head start on the rest of the game when it actually comes out. But if you're someone that just was thinking, I guess, originally of trying to do like a little bit here and there and have all that progress carry over, it'll be impossible. It's just for one character. In terms of whether the demo is worth it, um, which I guess is (laughs) the ultimate question, if you don't mind having the stories, I guess, quote unquote, spoiled for you before the big release and everything's all out, then go hard. Um, A lot of the stories, you can kind of see the threads of where they're already starting to intertwine and how the locations link and stuff if you play the demo. So if you wanted that to be a surprise or you wanted to save yourself from some awful voice dubbing, (laughs) <laughs> um, you, can, you can wait till the full game comes out it, still a little, it's still a demo so it's a bit rough around the edges but if you're curious like me you couldn't wait and you wanted to see what any of the other classes were like then there's no harm in trying it I find that one character level thing a little bit frustrating like having to if I wanted to play a different character I had to overwrite my save and do all that again and I found that a bit annoying but it's a demo, it's meant to be limited yeah, can't complain, I like it. If you're someone that can't wait for the full game, even though I know it's so close, but some of us are just super impatient, if you're like me, then you've got nothing to lose by playing it, apart from, I guess, the magic of the story being told to you for the first time. So I'd recommend it if you're a hardcore JRPG fan. You've got nothing to lose.
0: Yeah, I was so tempted to try it, but my, my thing is when I start a game like this that's so story heavy, I just want to start it and invest in it from there and not have to stop and then wait another couple of weeks or a month for the release to come out so i did download it just in case my mm-hmm. hype got the better of me but I, yeah I'm, I'm holding pretty strong on that so far so yeah i'll, I'll pass till it comes out
1: yeah I, I would wait i think until they sort some of the dubbing issues i'm sure it's not going to be the final version it is <laughs> it kind of reminds me of kingdom hearts 2 and how that sounded so
2: <laughs> <laughs> which character have you or will you start off with you know
1: um I'm pretty sure I'm going to start off with Ranger now mm-hmm. that I've tried all of them. I find the it's the only pet class and also the way they incorporate the pet side of it is unlike any other pet class I've played in an RPG. So I find the Ranger dynamic very interesting and also the Ranger's origin story to be the furthest away from, you know, <laughs> oh my dad my dad died. I'm now in a horrible situation and must kill things to fend for myself kind of, you know, JRPG trope that a lot of the other characters have. Like, something bad has happened in my past. I must now kill my way through everything.
2: My parents are dead!
1: Yeah, exactly. I found the, the rangers take the most interesting on the constant death that was, you know, surrounding you in the JRP- in Octopath Traveler for some reason. Hmm. So that's why I'll pick it. Um, there are some great stories out there, but also some very, very safe traditional ones. So if you're looking for something a little bit different and you don't want to just play angsty backstory, chosen one type kind of, you know, a feel, then I would go for the non traditional RPG classes that the game offers you. Otherwise it's pretty bread and butter.
0: Yep, so my understanding is that you pick a starter and then you recruit the others as you get to their regions.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: Then their stories sort of interwine yeah, as right. you as you progress. Mm-hmm. I know someone on a a friend podcast or a rival podcast, depending on your viewpoint. <laughs> uh, Eric, he's been on a speedrunning quest to try and recruit them all. Yeah. Oh yeah! Before the full release, will that, do? You think they'll all carry over into the when he imports into the full release? I don't
2: see why not.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm sure it will. I think what will happen is obviously the main character that he's playing at the time mm-hmm. will be the save file that's got the most stuff on it. So I'm I'm assuming how it works is that you get to play, I guess, one primary character as your main character and the rest kind of become your party members or supplementary members. So I'm sure they'll all carry over.
2: From what I've read, once you meet the character in the game, you have the option to play their origin story.
1: I wonder if he'll be able to carry over all of that origin story data to the new one i suppose so if you can do it in three hours then
2: i don't don't know (laughs) (laughs) the two origin stories we've already done in the first demo they put out they took me about three hours to do both of them so if somebody could manage to get through every character in that three hour demo
1: it's a lot quicker now yeah
2: what I'm interested in is if there's going to be a speedrunning community that comes out to see if they can how far they can get on the three-hour demo, and maybe if somebody can beat that three-hour demo. Depends on how much game data is actually in there. Yeah, I think that's, that's already right. happening. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about starting between the thief or the ranger, but if Ginny's going to start with the ranger, I'll probably just go for the thief. That way, we have some variety when we start talking about it.
1: I think the Alchemist okay. is a good one as well. If anyone's interested in that, I quite like, enjoy the Alchemist one. So, I don't want to...
0: I'm, I'm just going to be boring and go for the warrior. Cause...
1: That's fair enough. Yeah. I was, Swords! I'm just glad you didn't say cleric, because that one was the one that grated on me the most. <laughs> 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 oh well.
0: It's got to be the hardest one to deal damage with as well, though, hasn't it? Uh,
1: no. Um, it was just the... I think it was the easiest one to do. It took me 25 minutes to finish her origin story.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess yeah. they didn't have many ideas what to do with her besides heal stuff.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> kind of like, oh, this bad thing happened. I can now have a lot of power to kill things. And I was like, this is kind of antithetical to the healer aesthetic, but go for <laughs> it. That's, that's fine, I guess. But it was really easy compared to Primrose's one. I just blasted through it. So I'm sure there's a hierarchy of difficulty in the classes yet. I haven't quite figured out what it is, but it definitely feels like the more traditional RPG classes have it easier in the origin story department
0: hmm cool well i guess we'll find out the rest when it actually launches next month uh of course week after e3 uh news for switch related things is running very very slow so we'll just skip ahead to talk about what we played this week okay so this week microsoft finally got around to releasing the uh, bedrock version of minecraft on the switch Uh, as it was on the Xbox One it was a a separate download that you get for free if you've already bought the quote unquote Switch version there's a few changes so the most advertised obviously is the the cross play between Switch and Xbox One and the mobile version Uh, but not between PS4 because they don't want in for some reason (laughs) which saw a brilliant amount of shade thrown by Microsoft and Nintendo this week with a trailer about it oh yeah And deserved I think. It's a little bit different to the traditional switch version there's some UI differences uh, but the main thing I was interested in was the crossplay so my wife's main console is the Xbox one that's where she plays all her Minecraft my main console at the moment is the switch and so we tested back and forth we had her jump into my world Uh, I jumped into hers and it is completely flawless no hint of lag no hint of slowdown Uh, You just log in with your Microsoft account. Once once you uh, get to the main menu, Mm. it verifies it if you've got uh, two-step authentication on. Uh, And then, yeah, you can just jump in. It gives you two friends lists. There's the Nintendo friends list and Microsoft account friends list. They never call it Xbox Live or anything like (laughs) that. When you're signed in, it it picks up your Xbox Live Gamer tag. It has your... Gamer Pick, which mine is my avatar, which (laughs) is very, very strange to see running on a Nintendo console. Uh, And when you unlock achievements, this has a separate achievement system to the Nintendo version as well, by the way. It does the Xbox achievement unlock noise. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, cool. So the whole thing is this huge head mess when you're trying to play with it. And yeah, so it's it's working out pretty well in co-op. So uh, Michelle started a... A game with for, just for both of us to jump into, basically, uh, and uh, we've got very different gaming styles. She likes to do the adventuring, I like to build. So she's going off to find materials, and I'm building her a mansion. <laughs> oh, nice
1: so, teamwork! Yeah,
0: yeah, teamwork because it's got the uh, the underwater stuff they added in in the last update. Mm, yeah. yeah, you can actually swim with momentum now, which I didn't know. Which uh, accidentally saw me try and jump out of the water at speed clear a path and fall down a gigantic cavern
1: oh gosh
0: (laughs) i lived and then it took me like 45 minutes to find my way back out again using coordinate (laughs) oh
1: bless you uh
0: but it was yeah uh, apart from that it's been a a really good experience Mm. um i'm amazed at how smoothly it works on launch Mm. i just could not have imagined uh the interface differences aren't as bad as i thought Like, uh, last week I said they were a bit more in-depth, but that was mainly based on watching Michelle play the Xbox version. Mm. This, it's actually a lot simpler. I think they've probably improved it quite a bit since I last played the Xbox version, which would help. There's some cool things here, like you don't have to craft every item individually if you want to do it on bulk. There's a craft all button, Mm. so it just does the max amount for the materials you have, which is really neat, especially when you're trying to do a big build. Mm. Andrew, have you tried it yet? I'm just interested to hear your thoughts.
2: I downloaded the new version of it, and I did a just a quick comparison between the original version, which is called Ninten- the Minecraft Nintendo Switch version, and the new one is just called Minecraft. Uh, mm-hmm. I imported my old world from it just to compare how it would look and how it would run. The main thing I was interested in to see if it would run better, not to say that it, it runs poorly, in the original version but just to see if there's any performance improvements but the draw distance looked about the same which uh the draw distance has never been fantastic on the nintendo switch version you can definitely see the perimeter of the draw distance if you go high, up high enough but the colors look a lot better i will say that it's a much more vibrant looking game and the, the colors are just much richer yeah the li- the li-
0: the lighting all around looks pretty improved as well I think.
2: Yeah, I didn't really go anywhere that saw any dramatic lighting, but I did get the impression that there was more lighting going on that was uh more interesting than what was in it before. But all I really did was import my old map and just just run around for an hour just to see what things looked like. The interface isn't nearly as minimalistic as it used to be, but I didn't have any problems. Uh, interacting mm-hmm. with it. It just, it looks different, but it seems to function exactly the same, but I, I didn't go into deep enough that I saw that I had the craft all button. Uh, the main thing I ran into was when I was fighting some zombies, I noticed that when I hold down the use item button, which on a sword would be the attack button, uh, didn't keep attacking. I had to spam the button to do multiple attacks, and I'm concerned about that, but maybe that's mm-hmm. just with the sword.
0: I hadn't noticed anything different working there
2: yeah. between
0: the two versions, so I can't really comment on that
2: one. That's odd. Well, I'll investigate more when I have the desire to play Minecraft again. <laughs> but uh, I, I put 115 plus hours into the original version last year, but I just I have barely played it at all in 2018. I don't know why. I don't have an explanation for that. I still like it. I just I'm just playing other stuff now. Yeah, I
0: sort of go on spells where I I don't play it for 6 months and then then I'll play it big mm-hmm. for like a week or two and then um it's always just a nice one to have on whatever device as a chilled out yeah thing to do just to shut your brain off for a bit or uh, and the fact that it covers so many different gaming styles like you can just build if you just want to relax and do something creative or you can go off into the nearest cave with a sword in your hand if you want to do something a bit more exciting it's uh, it's just always a handy one to have on there even if you're not playing it all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now another one that I'm very interested in, uh, I've added it to my watch list but I haven't picked it up yet is Hollow Knight, I believe both of you have been playing it, Ginny uh, how are you finding it?
1: Well it's another game in my long standing saga of games that I've played on other platforms but never finished so it's another game that I got on Steam and played on the PC and just never clocked it I liked it, but I don't know something about the controls not being as streamlined as they feel on the console or just me not picking it up at the right time. It was just something that I just couldn't finish. And now that it's back on the Switch at a very, very, very reasonable price, <laughs> I thought, well, what am I missing out? It, was, it is very reasonable.
2: I know I'm agreeing with you. The the value on this game of how much game is there versus how much it costs is absurd. Yeah.
1: It is absolutely ridiculous how much there is to do in this game but yeah I picked it up I was like you know here's round two the switch is great for making me finish games that I wouldn't finish otherwise or wouldn't have finished in the past and so far I'm just as captivated as I was the first time it was already a great game I already knew that but it's just the way that the platforming the attacking the jumping it just works on the switch It just makes sense. You know, on a PC, you're fumbling with the jump button, the directional buttons, and an attack button on a keyboard. It's so unwieldy. On the Switch, it's just everything's within reach, and it's another perfect platformer. Well, maybe, I guess, an action platformer, I'd say, because of all the combat that is necessary. Another very good action platformer on the Switch. For those that don't know what Hollow Knight is, you basically play as, like, a little bug guy, and (laughs) you live in in a very sort of, like quasi-Victorian Gothic style universe where everyone kind of sounds like you know the the bugs make sounds that sound like posh people sighing or whining Um, but you live in like a quasi-Victorian Gothic universe and you're a tiny tiny bug trying to figure out I guess the mystery of the world around you why all its inhabitants have gone cuckoo and why your brethren seem intent on killing you I guess um, and obviously the lore develops from there and it's all very atmospheric and but what i really enjoy is you know everything from the navigation system that you're forced to use in the game like getting a, you know a quill to actually have your character draw on the map and fill gaps out in your own knowledge everything from the ui to the, the world around you to just the animation the sound and how you navigate everything is just so coherently packaged you know, like, the, it's thematically almost a perfect game, I think, the way the music, the environment, everything kind of comes together. I, I don't know. I'm just head over heels for it. I knew I liked it when I played on the PC, but it's really, really grabbed me a second time. I know Andrew's been streaming it. How have you found Hollow Knight?
2: Well, I know when I buy an indie game, I'm like, okay, this will be good for two or three days, and then I'll be ready to move on to something else. I have not had that experience with Hollow Knight. I've streamed it for four nights now, and I still am nowhere near the ending. <laughs> I'm going to say something very cynical about indie games, but you know, most of the time when I play an indie game, especially a super popular one or one that came out of Kickstarter, I'm going to be like, okay, does this game want to be Earthbound or does it want to be Metroid? <laughs> <laughs> this game wants to be Metroid, but it does a very, very good job of it. This is one of the best Metroidvania indie games I've ever played, and just with the size of it, how much there is to do with it, how much variety there is to it, how well it's made, uh, how well it's animated, I would have totally believed you if you told me this was a AAA game, but it's not. This is a $15 indie game, and... Mm maybe I'll talk about it more next week because I do expect to have it beaten by next week but all I'm really going to say about this right now is if this game does not immediately come to mind when we get to our game of the year episode at the end of the year then something very scary has happened in the next six months (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, and lastly the big release for this week was of course Mario Tennis Aces this was much advertised as a return to form uh, certainly Nintendo were framing it that way because it, it came with an adventure mode, which is something they haven't done since the Game Boy Color version. Um, and that's certainly why me and Andrew were interested in picking this up. Uh, and I haven't played a bunch yet, but from all accounts, it's uh, people aren't liking that very much. Uh, I've beaten the first world, I've beaten the first boss, uh, I'm partway into the second world, and I've enjoyed what I've played so far. Uh, however... I feel like I could go one way or the other on this at this point. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some comments that the mechanics uh, are like something from a fighting game, and I completely get that because it's all about meter management and when to unleash your specials or the the zone shots in this situation. There is a lot to it. There's a There's a lot of depth to the mechanics that it doesn't really do a great job of teaching you about. It sort of does it once and then expects you to pick up the rest in these specialized challenges and i'm finding the difficulty spikes very oddly mm-hmm. like this it's not a very good pace especially for something with mario's face on the front <laughs> just case in point uh, there was a you find a, a practice map or a practice court partway through the first world and toad is like hey you should practice here you could play someone else or how about we do a a friendly rally to get to 200 points and then he just destroyed me in the practice rally <laughs> like he wasn't giving me a chance he was hitting zone <laughs> shots left right and center yeah and then then called me out on it
2: after <laughs> yeah you know, when you're playing adventure mode which uh, as andy has indicated so far it's very hard on several of the maps when you fail there's no retry option it makes you sit through the fail dialogue it kicks you back out to the world map you have to select the level again you have to sit through or skip the introductory text again then the level has to load again then you get to retry and it does this every single time you lose and you will lose a lot it's incredibly grating why is it like this? yeah and
0: uh, listeners can't tell but I'm nodding along to everything you're saying there because I'm finding that really frustrating It's if there was just an instant retry that would probably take away a lot of frustration, um, but then I don't know what happened because like he he smashed me in the first attempt, hitting me with all these flashy zone shots, and then the second second go he was just passing it back and forth nicely, <laughs> which was the whole point I thought, since he's meant to be my friend and helping me, you know, beat the bad guys. Uh, on that, the uh, story is stolen straight from Avengers Infinity War mm. <laughs> with a tennis racket that has five mysterious gems that have been stolen that you need to recover to save the day uh, it's yeah it's very Marvel and Infinity Gauntlet I'm gonna keep plugging away at it but I feel like I'm gonna hit a point where I'm just like this probably isn't for me anymore and then it'll just be reduced to coming out for impromptu multiplayer sessions
1: mm. Yeah. yeah I've definitely had the same concerns as you guys um Mainly because I had got it, because of the multiplayer, because my brother and I play all, pretty much every Nintendo multiplayer game that's come out, we've had a crack at. So we were getting it to play with each other, which worked out fine. And I actually found the multiplayer and tournament modes a lot more enjoyable than adventure mode. Mainly because somehow, the minute the game puts an AI in front of me, I just have like the hand-eye coordination of a ditto. And I know (laughs) that dittos don't have hands, so take that comment as you will. But honestly, I just—it's impossible for me to actually get through an AI stage without losing at least a couple of times at the start, and I just got really frustrated doing that because Toad's condescending, smug little voice is like all I can hear in my head now. Every time you fail a level, he's like, "Oh, Mario, I guess you better level up and get stronger before you try this," and I'm just like, "Oh, I want to strangle the little guy." But seriously, I just think that the adventure mode is a big miss for me personally. I know that I wasn't getting it for that anyway, but I thought i give it a crack and why not? And I always thought adventure mode would help me train up for the multiplayer. You know, like it helped you kind of <laughs> get better at the game and it would teach you things you need to do well in multiplayer. Complete lie. I learned a lot more about mechanics from playing against other people and seeing what they did than actually playing against the AI because there was just no chance for me to suss out what the ai strategy was like there wasn't a consistent strategy across all the ai some of them were either really great sometimes or really shoddy at other times like i would go i remember donkey kong beat me like what 10 times for some reason because he was just super good at tennis and then on the 11th try he just could not even run towards the ball like he was just missing the easiest shots so i just feel like the ai not having consistency is also what makes adventure mode a lot much more of a grind to get through I found tournament a lot easier and Mm -hmm. also I guess more eye-opening you get a larger variety of characters to play against and it kind of feels more like standard tennis but yeah adventure mode even though I wasn't gonna play the game for anyway I was disappointed by what I got (laughs) so I don't know I'm gonna keep playing multiplayer and tournament because I found that the most interesting but I think that a big part of that In terms of the frustration that I had, lots of other people have on the internet. It's just the game does not explain the mechanics very well to you at all. The zone stuff, the game's like, oh, here is a star. You can use a skill sometimes when there's a star or the star makes your ball go faster. And I was like, cool. All right. So I can only use zone skills in the star. That is completely wrong. Okay. That is completely and utterly wrong. Do not do that. You can use zone skills at any time. You can slow the ball down at any time.
2: You can use zone focus at any time. To use the zone shot, you do have to be standing in the star. (laughs) Apparently, you two were confused by this. That was completely clear to me, and I don't know what the disconnect is there.
1: I understood the zone shot thing, but not that you could use zone focus at any time. I thought zone focus had to be down where you were in the star or close to it, which I guess is kind of productive if you think about it hard enough. But I was just getting my butt kicked up and down the court by Donkey Kong so much, I was just losing the plot. So... (laughs)
0: Now, I knew you could use the slow-mo at any time because I've been spamming it, mm. yeah. especially for the to deflect the powerful shots. So yeah. just to explain for, for some people, there's a couple of mechanics at play here where one is if a enemy hits you with a zone shot you or a powerful shot, you have to block it. Uh, and if you don't get the timing on the block right, it will damage your racket. Uh, and this mechanic, I really hate. <laughs> I hate losing challenges just because I haven't timed it to this minute degree yeah. of success that they want from me um it gets better as you progress through the game because you get more rackets and when you break one then you switch to the the next one so it's not as big of a, a loss but it's just how quickly those uh shots come at you and i know you can slow it down uh but a lot of the time i'm sort of waiting trying to build up my meter to hit them with the special mm. so that's been my tactic basically ignoring all that stuff build up the meter and then when they hit me with a hard shot then I, then I unleashed the the super move. I, I can't remember what the, the exact terminology on that it's was. It's called the super shot. <laughs> and and that, uh, Aha, there you go, the super shot. And, and that is where it really is like a fighting game where you're managing the meter. But that yeah, that racket-breaking mechanic, I, I kind of wish that wasn't in mm-hmm. there. I, when they first announced it and they showed that off, I, I had an inkling that
2: that was going to be where it, it might fall down for me. Hmm. I was more interested in that because I think that That adds another layer of strategy to the match where you can win not by just winning points, but you can also win it by being very aggressive and damaging your opponent. And I I do think and I do worry that the the metagame is going to be dominated by that strategy where the difference between a good player and a great player is mastering the timing on returning those super powerful shots that can potentially damage your racket but you know the same is also true of high-end fighting games so i think that's where a lot of that idea that mario tennis is influenced by fighting games which has been talked about comes from
0: yeah i feel like in a fighting game though or at least in the best fighting games the strategy is about outwitting your opponent more than abusing the systems Mm. whereas i feel like uh in this like i I feel like it would be a better game of tennis if you could, if the strategy came from trying to work your opposition into positions where they couldn't then reach the ball afterwards. I, th- I feel like that would be more fun, or maybe that's just what I want more from a tennis game.
1: Yeah, you just want a tennis game. <laughs> uh,
0: have Have you played the tournament
2: mode at all, Andy? Uh, not yet. I've just been stuck in the adventure mode. I haven't played a bunch of it. I played the adventure mode briefly, but you should try the tournament mode because uh, I felt the same way about adventure mode as you did. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But the tournament mode, as soon as I sat down with that after beating the first two worlds in adventure mode, and I was like, oh, this is a Mario game. This feels friendly and approachable. You know, there's depth there. There's challenge there. But this isn't the game immediately beating me in the face with a tennis racket for daring to play yeah. it. Yeah, I uh, right. I did the mushroom tournament which I it looks like there's only three tournaments baked into the game but there also are going to be online tournaments released over time so maybe there's be something there but this has been the criticism of Mario Tennis in the past that didn't have the adventure mode especially Mario Tennis Ultra Smash on Wii U had very little content if you weren't just happy to just play single games of tennis over and over and over again but uh, playing the tournament mode I just felt that this was the kind of mario game that people expect now the adventure mode it's kind of built like super mario world where you're actually following dotted lines between levels on a world map and then Mm -hmm. each dot on the map is like a challenge that's not what i was expecting from an adventure mode in a camelot made mario sports game because on Mario Tennis Advance Tour and Mario Golf on Game Boy Color, Mario Golf on Game Boy Advance, also made by Camelot, but also made, you know, 10 years ago, probably by developers who are not working for the company anymore. Those were adventure modes that were much more like Golf Story, which came out last year and all three of us loved. Uh, mm. This this is a series of challenge rooms, and I'm I'm being very literal when I say challenge. Yep with cutscenes happening in between them, progressing a simple story. That is what this adventure mode is. So if you're like me or Andy and you are looking forward to the adventure mode in this, I think you'll be disappointed with it as we have been. And hopefully you also know the rules of tennis, (laughs) because this game will teach you the controls. It does not teach you the rules of tennis, which has an extremely odd scoring system. And this game is not going to tell you what it is, but when the first two points, basically, that you earn, you'll actually get 15 points. On your third point, you'll get 10 points for a total of 40, and then if you win another shot after that, you will win the game. And uh, I actually had somebody in my stream who explained this to me, is it actually used to be based on a clock, or to make it even simpler, filling in a circle. So it used to be 15 would be one quarter of the clock and then 30 would be half the clock then 45 would be three quarters of the clock and then another 15 points on the 45 would be 60 or completely filling in the circle and they've refined the rules since then which is why we have weird things like when you're in position to win you have 40 points and you need to get one more it's completely absurd what i was theorizing was the people who made the rules to this game were drunk uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, mario tennis explains none of these things to you it will tell you the controls but if you don't know what you're supposed to accomplish to win in a game of tennis i think when you're doing the regular matches in this you're going to feel like you're just doing your best to make the opponent lose until you win it can be a little frustrating
0: yeah, like on the adventure mode I I have enjoyed what I've played. I just have this overwhelming sense that it's going to unravel <laughs> at some point. You're just
2: going to lose interest in it.
0: Yeah, so I will check out the the tournament mode and of course, you know, there's the multiplayer thing mm. as well. So it seems like it would be a fun multiplayer game, but with the depth that's there, I'm not sure it's ideal for, you know, playing against people who don't always have access to it like a I feel like you're going to end up being that guy in your in your friend in your circle of friends who just beats everyone and the the other person doesn't have any fun but uh yeah we'll see how that goes ready Hey, after a brief hiatus last week, it's time once again for some Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch predictions. Uh, I am going to go completely out there at this point. Uh, I'm going to say, and this is there's no way this is happening, uh, that Master Chief will appear in Smash Brothers. Wow. Thanks to the new loved-up fusion between Microsoft and Nintendo. Uh, hey, Cloud's in there and he's always been associated with PlayStation, so why can't Master Chief... Make the uh, the jump, and hey, I've been playing as Master Chief in Minecraft, so stranger things have happened.
2: Taking the play anywhere philosophy to absurd new lengths. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> uh, and he's already he's already been in fighting games. He was in uh, one of the Dead or Alive. He on, was on three sixty. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, no, actually, he wasn't. It was a female Spartan. I take that back.
2: Well, what's the difference? Mm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but she was in that, and that was kind of cool. Andrew, what's your prediction?
2: Well, I think that with Star Fox now going to be in Ubisoft's end of summer release Starlink, I think that there will be probably not Starlink content, but I think there will be some mention of it, you know, maybe as a trophy or as an element of one of the Star Fox levels. That'll be in there. That's a good show.
0: And Ginny, uh. I've come to you last for a very <laughs> special reason.
1: Yeah, well, um, so on my show notes here for the show, I've just written Help. <laughs> um because i am running out of um of brain cells and running out of nintendo switch predictions for super smash bros so i i think i'm going to just be probably very conservative on this one i think that we're going to get one of the galgun characters Sure. I mean, Galgun is, Gal is big on the Switch now. It kind of makes it Nintendo has clearly embraced its adult side. So why don't you just go all the way and have a character from Galgun in there? Done.
2: <laughs> there is
0: no way that's happening.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, it's a prediction. I can dream. Oh, actually, no. Like
0: I said, as if mine has any chance of <laughs> um, Cool. Uh, Just before we move on to the end of the show, I just wanted to uh, highlight we got a new iTunes review, which was very nice. Uh, I won't give his full name, uh, just in case he doesn't want to share it, but it's from Mike in the USA, who said that he went out and bought Nintendo Switch because of the podcast, and that all three of us complement each other very well. Uh, We get right to the point. Let us know whether the game is worth it. Uh, They love the Smash Talk, so keeping that up for you. Uh, And... uh, that if people have a Switch they should definitely subscribe. A, th- a thought I I definitely agree with mm-hmm. as an impartial <laughs> as an impartial viewpoint. Yeah, so that's nice. Uh, it's not something we usually do, but we haven't had one for a while, so I thought I'd uh read it out. Hi Mike, and uh, thanks for your support. One of oh, us, awesome. one of yeah. us, yeah. one of <laughs> <Okay>. us. <laughs> and uh Nintendo can send their commission checks to <laughs> no, I was They're not supposed to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think we're getting one after our Mario Tennis talk. No, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Okay, folks, what are we playing in the coming week?
1: Probably more Mario Tennis. I'm going to try and beat the story mode. My brother did it in a hole in a day. And I am probably going to take 10 times as long. So I'm going to pray that I finish it by the time we get back to next week. Because I've been... Destroy continuously by the AI, but that's fine. I will keep chipping away at that, and Crash Bandicoot: Blast from the Past, which is going to be available, so that for sure.
2: Uh, Hollow Knight, I want to finish that up. Uh, the Donkey Kong Country DLC for Mario Plus Rabbits is supposed to be out too. Oh, okay. My, my
0: heart my heart just sank because oh. i've got so much on my plate <laughs> know, no. it's just not june
2: is packed <laughs> yeah it's worse yeah. than may it hasn't been talked about much especially because e3 inexplicably gave nintendo such a bad like reputation somehow i don't know but june has been a pretty incredible month for the switch mm. and also new games wolfenstein 2 and the first crash bandicoot gonna try to make time for all of these things this week we'll see how it goes uh,
0: for me basically i'm gonna finish banner saga because Fortnite and splatoon 2 have kept me off that this week unexpectedly i am dying to get back to it and of course i had to fit in minecraft and mario tennis mm-hmm. uh, i'm also picking up wolfenstein the new colossus on friday which i'm very much looking forward to i've played it already on ps4 very happy to play that again that is one out there game mm-hmm. with some great characters uh And yeah, I'll play some more of Mario Tennis Aces. I will check out the tournament mode, but I kind of want to finish the adventure mode if I can, but we'll see how that goes. And with that, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed it, Please leave us a review on iTunes, like Mike did. It'll really help us get noticed. You can also listen, subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Switch Focus community. Links in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. If you'd like to support the show in any way, you can buy us a coffee. The details are on our website. Thanks in advance for that. If you want to follow the three of us individually on Twitter, you can do so. I'm at Flame Roast Toast. Andrew is at Play Critically. Uh, He also streams on Twitch.tv, streaming many of the games that he he talks about on the show uh, with the same username, Play Critically. And uh, Ginny is on Twitter as Ginny Woes.
2: My parents are dead!